never found on a, I used to skate occasionally. Um, actually, I skated a lot when I was in like grade seven and eight. And then I stopped because I had a horrific accident. Yep, horrific. I went to try to do a board slide down a rail. And that's when you like land on it and do that. And I like slipped with the board and then the board sort of jutted up and I landed on it awkwardly. And um, after that, I stuck to just bodyboarding because you didn't have things hit you in certain regions when you were bodyboarding. So anyway, just side story, just thought you wanted to know that. Um, <laughs> but Joey, I want to encourage you, sometimes with my skateboard, I would go off track or go to places that are a bit dusty and dirty. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you do that, it's not good for the bearings, hey? Like the bearings get clogged up and sort of the wheels don't spin. They don't, well, they do spin, but nowhere near as well as they should, as, as they're designed to. And I want to encourage you, Joey, um, when they get like that, what I used to do, and I don't know if you still do this in the skating world, we used to like try to flush it out with oil, like with the bearing oil. And that would help sort of like clear it up so that it could actually function the way it's meant to. And I want to encourage you, Joey, this year, um, God wants you to just continue to flush out the dust with the oil. Flush out the dust with the oil. That's just being a, a vessel of the Holy Spirit, just saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, flood me. Getting in times of worship, not necessarily in public places like this, but just getting on your knees in your room and just putting on just a, a worship playlist and just soaking in that place. And I, I, I just want to encourage you, Joey, just to get in that place because things will start to grit and grind and get in there that you don't want in there, in your faith and in your heart and in your emotions. But it's the Holy Spirit that helps transform and, 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 and shift us from a place of being in there to, to, to up here. So I want to encourage you, man, flush it out with the oil. Let's pray for Joey. God, we just thank you so much for this young, mighty man of God. We thank you for the opportunity for him to step into um, EC in year 12 this year. And we pray in your mighty name that you would help him just have an even deeper um, connection with you, Holy Spirit, than he's ever had before. That, that he wouldn't be satisfied with where his relationship is with God, um, but it would continually to go to a deeper place as your Holy Spirit floods him fills him, refreshes him, and flushes out the oil so that he can function at full capacity. So King Jesus, we thank you for Joey, and we just ask in your mighty name that that you would just be um, so present in these coming weeks and months as he presses in to a deeper place of you, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, other one that I wanted to share, Davide. How you doing, bro? Actually, Peter, can you grab that orange thing down there? This is my Yui Boom. It's like a speaker. And the cool thing is, I turn it on. And it just instantly connects to my iPad. Like, I don't even have to do anything. It just connects. Like, I could even get Joey to stop here. Joey, maybe stop playing music for a second. Look at this. This is awesome. Is it loud enough? There we go. Now we don't need Joey anymore. You can grab a seat. Um, <laughs> you're obsolete. <laughs> not really. Joey's not obsolete. I've just outsourced him to a speaker. But um, anyway, this thing actually pumps out a fair bit of volume. But Davide, what I wanted to encourage you with was... Nice work, Joey. Sounding good. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Thank you. 
What I want to encourage you, David, here is in the same way that this automatically sinks to that, I had to set it up to sink. And I want to encourage you, man, set up yourself to sink with the Spirit. I, I know you're already, you know the Holy Spirit, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you know Jesus, you know the Father, but set up to automatically sink with God in every situation in your workplace, in your family life, when you step into a church service, when you go to the supermarket, when you go travel, set the, the, the preset is to sync with what God wants to do in that place and in that moment. Because um, if, if, if we really wanted to, I could set it to sync with other things or, or leave it so it doesn't have that preset. But I want to encourage you, David, Jesus wants me to strongly encourage you in 2019 to set the preset to sync to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do wherever you find yourself in Jesus' name. How about we worship now, church? No, no, we'll turn that down. <laughs> We're going to get into the Word now. Um, I felt like I could share for do a few more little encouragements and words, but for the sake of time, I want to I want to party with all you good people at my house um, because the weather's still pretty nice, and I want to share with you guys with one of the most ridiculous passages of Scripture that I've actually come across. That's right. One of the most ridiculous passages. I'm actually going to come down. I want, to, I want to get closer to you guys. How about you turn to the person next to you and tell them, let's get ridiculous. And, and if you happen to have that song by, who sings that song? Huh? Yeah, that band. Probably just delete it off your phone because it's a terrible song. Um, <laughs> just being real. Just being legit real. Bryce, you're a musician. Is it a terrible song? All right, where's my Yui Boom? No, no, we won't do that at the moment. It, it, it's okay, you can look it up later. I'll play it at the party later. It's, it's like a party. Do you know the guys that do party rock anthem? Yeah, yeah, they do another song that goes, Let's get ridiculous. And it's terrible. Terrible song. If you have that on your phone, delete it. That's a word from the Lord uh, in Jesus' name. But this passage of scripture that I'm going to share with you tonight, legit, it is one of the most ridiculous chapters that I've ever come across in the Bible. I read it, I'm like, this is better than anything I've seen at the movies on daytime TV. Seriously, daytime TV is terrible. But Home and Away and other TV programs pale in plot and, and complexity to this passage of Scripture. This has got it all, friends. This has got everything from craziness to craziness. So the title of my sermon today is called Crazy for Jesus. So we're going to go to 1 Samuel 21, and we're going to read this from the Message Bible. But before we jump into it, we're going to pray. Is that okay? All right. Lord, we thank you so much that every chance we have um, to read your word is a chance to, 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 to look at the nature and the goodness of our God and to be transformed by it. We don't want to be like a man that's described in James that sees himself in the mirror and then walks away not knowing who we are. But we want to be people that look into the mirror of the word and be transformed from glory to glory in Jesus' name. So Lord, we ask that you would minister to our innermost being and to the things that are right at the surface level. Wherever we're at, God, we just yield it and trust it into your hands. So speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. You ready for this? I know I've hyped it up a bit. You're thinking, wow, this, this better be a pretty incredible passage of Scripture. And I, I, 
trust me, you, you'll read this and go, if you haven't read this before, you're going to be like, this is ludicrous. If you, if you have read it before, you're going to be like, in the message translation, this is even better. It just takes it to another level of ridiculous. So the title at the top of 1 Samuel 21, it says, David pretends to go crazy. You know you're in for an exciting read when it says at the title, David pretends to go crazy. Turn person next to you and tell them, get ready to go crazy. Get ready to go crazy. All right, ready for this? Ready? It says, David went on his way and Jonathan returned to town. David went to Nob, to Amalek, the priest, and Amalek was alarmed as he went out to greet David. What? are you doing here all by yourself and not a soul with you? David answered him, elect the priest. The king has sent me on a mission and gave strict orders. This is a top secret mission. Not a word of this to a soul. I've arranged to meet up with my men in a certain place. Now, what's there here to eat? Do you have five loaves of bread Give me whatever you can scrounge up. Um, I don't have any regular bread on hand, said the priest. I only have holy bread. If your men have not slept with a woman recently, it's yours. All good, Grant? <laughs> you just made a noise. <laughs> I was saying, this, this chapter's like, is this legit... Yeah, a lot of bakeries, and this is generally not, it's like, you know, 10 bucks, you know, it's like, go to Bake House, it's like $7 for two loaves of bread. Here it's like, oh, you haven't slept with a woman? Okay, here, sweet. Um, exactly, it's a, it's a passage of scripture. That, this is in the Bible, I'm not, insane. it's incredible. But there's so much we can learn out of this, you're going to see, it's going to be awesome. Don't have any regular bread on hand, said the priest, I only have holy bread, so if your men haven't slept with women... It's yours. David said, none of us have touched a woman. I always do, do it when, when I'm on a mission. My men abstain from sex. Even when it is an ordinary mission, we do that. How much more on this holy mission? So the priest gave him the holy bread. It was the only bread he had. Bread of the presence that had been removed from God's presence and replaced by fresh bread at the same time. So, Let me just pause here for a moment when we dive into our first point. Just a little bit of context, and Pete Swift can flesh this out or correct my theology later if if required. But what what was required as an offering at times was bread. So what they would do is they would bake fresh bread and place it into the holy of holies as an offering to God. Now, I'll tell you what, bread smells pretty good, especially when it's fresh. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, there's something about it that's just like it just even if you're full it makes you hungry again you smell it and you're like yeah I want some of that I tell you what the best meal that I've ever had I, I, I had the privilege once of going to this restaurant in Sydney there's a, there's a chef named Tetsuya he um, sometimes comes down here to Tassie the the the, the sit-in 12 course menu costs an absolute ridiculous amount of money and my dad did it as a blessing to me and my brother in and and my sister-in-law. Um, but for me, the highlight of the food that we ate, believe it or not, was actually the bread at the start, predominantly because they used truffle butter on it, and this truffle butter just made it taste like 
so I can understand why God desired bread in the presence of the Holy of Holies. That's what, that's what I'm just trying to say to you. Like, there's something, there's something about giving this as an offering. So here, all of a sudden, we have David almost breaking um, the way things work. You know, same, 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 different. Thank you, Grant. Uh, by, by coming and saying, hey, look, I need something to eat. We're hungry. And all of a sudden, Ahimelech, uh, ah, the priest, breaks tradition and actually says, okay, you know what? I'll get the bread out of the presence of the Holy of Holies and bring it out here to feed you because you're on a holy mission. Now, my encouragement here with this first point is, number one, Jesus, throughout his ministry, firstly, he talked when, when, when he was talking to the enemy, said, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Additionally, we go on to read this teaching out of his Sermon on the Mount, where he, where he talks about um, how to pray. And in this, in this message that he preached, he actually said, he says, give us today our daily bread. And, I, and look, you can look at it in a dualistic sort of way. Number one, God provide for our physical needs. Like, and I think it's important to actually eat. Like, it's good to fast, but it's then good to eat. Because <laughs> if you don't, you die. So, on one side of the coin, yes, it's good. I know, that's a really practical note. You can write that down. If you didn't realize that, eat equals life, don't equals death. Brilliant message, Pastor Dan. Gold. Let's give God some praise for that point. Wow, wow. But on the other side of the coin, we know from what Jesus said that man doesn't live on bread alone. So it's important that we actually receive bread daily from the Holy of Holies, from the presence of the Lord. Read your Bible, in other words. And I want to encourage us out of this first part that there's some things that God will give to us when we abstain from worldly things. When we choose not to indulge in the temptations of the world or get mixed up or, or caught up in, 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 in just things that might feel good, but we know by faith that they're not good. Because in this passage here, the priest actually says to King David, have you abstained from these things? That was the precursor to him receiving the blessing. And I honestly believe there is blessing that the, 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 the high priest, who is now King Jesus, has for us, that he's waiting for us to actually turn from worldly things, to turn to living holy, so that we can actually receive that. If you, don't, if, if, if you think that might be flawed theology, well, how about we read 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil, sorry, utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master, that's King Jesus, to use you for every good work. I want to encourage you, friends. I want to encourage you, family, young person, old person. If there is areas of your life that you know are currently dabbling in toxic worldliness, stop it, in the words of Gaynor Mullen. <laughs> Seriously, just stop it. You don't need to do that anymore. You've got new life in Christ Jesus. Turn from that. God will always give you the strength to be able to resist temptation. 
But sometimes we find ourselves fighting things that he taught us to run from or to avert our gaze from. I want to encourage you, God has good things planned for you and and even greater things in store for you. Let's make sure we abstain so we can receive the holy bread. I'm not just talking about sexuality here, though I am talking about sexuality as well. But maybe it's greed, maybe it's lies, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's insert sinful nature here. God's got more for us. He's got more for us. Let's continue on this exciting chapter. So David's just received um, some Crips Master Loaf. Crips, Crip it real. Turn to the person next to you and tell them to Crip it real. No, okay, fair call, fair call. Pigeonhole it real. (laughs) Goes on, verse 7. One of Saul's officials was present that day keeping a religious vow. So all of a sudden... King David finds himself in a pickle. There he is in the priest temple, just being fed some top quality presents of the Lord bread. And then all of a sudden, one of Saul's officials rocked up. And if you don't understand, at this point in time, Saul and David weren't on good terms. Um, Actually, Saul wanted to kill David. Um, Not on good terms. Can we all agree that when someone literally wants to murder you, not good terms? Yeah, we all understand that context. Sweet, cool, we can continue. One of Saul's officials was present that day, keeping a religious vow. His name was Doeg the Edomite. I prefer to call him Doug, just because it sort of looks like Doug. Doog, Doog, Doog the Edomite. He was the chief of Saul's shepherds. David asked Ahimelech, do you have a spear or a sword or any, any kind around here? I, I didn't have a chance to grab my weapons. The king's mission was urgent and I left in a hurry. The priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine that you killed in Oak Valley, it's here. It's behind the ephod, wrapped in a cloth. If you want it, take it, but there's nothing else here. I love how in commas here, it has, let's go to the next one. Oh, David's like, oh yeah, boy. Like he's all of a sudden, it's just like, yes, come on somebody. Oh, can we all go, oh, oh, said David. There's no sword like that. Give it to me. And at that, David shot out of there, running for his life from Saul. Actually, we're just going to pause here and we're going to look at this second point. So the first, first point is about abstaining and receiving holy bread. Second point, weapons from the past. I want to encourage you, for today's battle, God has actually stored weapons from the past for you to be able to bring into the present. All of a sudden, David thought that, you know, that battle years and years ago, that all the reward was received at that point in time. And there was a lot of reward received when he took down King David, sorry, when he took down King David, when he took down Goliath and became, soon after, King David. Some of the rewards he received were all of the goodies in the house, in the kingdom. There we go. All the goodies. He, he, got, he got a wife. He got like a block of land and like a good quality block of land plus a truckload of resource. He pretty much won Tats Lotto if Tats Lotto was around in ancient Jerusalem Israelite days. Um, 
pretty, pretty awesome. He, 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 he became famous pretty much overnight by taking down Goliath. So part of him could have thought to himself that all of the, of the blessing, all of the good things that God had in store for winning that battle was received at that point in time. Little did David know that years down the track, all of a sudden, what he did by faith over there comes back to haunt him in a good way. Because he's found himself in a, in a situation, in a bit of a pickle, because one of, one of Saul's um, troops, one of his advisors was there, and if he caught him, he was dead. He didn't have a weapon. And all of a sudden, from a past victory, he all of a sudden finds a weapon in the present. In Revelation 12, 11, in the Passion Translation, it says, they conquered him completely through the blood of the Lamb. That's what Jesus did. And the powerful word of his testimony. They triumphed over them. They did not love and cling to their own lives even when faced with death. They're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. I want to encourage you, if you were in a battle today, look back. Look back to when God pulled you through. Look back to when God provided. Look back to when a battle in the past was won, not by your own strength, but by the power of he who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we could hope, dream, or imagine according to his power at work within us. Look back to those moments and allow that to give you faith and something to come against the current circumstance with by faith by declaring, no, if my God was able to do it back then, you know, the cool thing was King David, or David at the time, did that all the way back with Goliath. When he was facing Goliath, he looked back and he went, hey, I took, in, I took down a bear. I took down, I took down a lion. This Philistine who's like 10 foot tall, how could I possibly miss? You know, all of a sudden he looked back and found strength. And then years later, looks back again, and the battle that he won back then, all of a sudden provide, provided with a weapon for him to wield today. I want to encourage you right now. Take stock. Does, any, does anyone else ever work in a place where you have to do stock checks and stock take? Yeah. Take stock spiritually. Look back. Go, what has God done for me? I encourage you as you do that and you start to go over all the things he's provided for, all the healings, all the breakthroughs, all of a sudden you're going to look at whatever's up against you and be like, I've got this. All right, let's continue. Like I said, this, this, this chapter's got lots of cool stuff in it. Here we go. And at that David shot out there running for his life from Saul. So he didn't want to take on, take on uh, Doeg and the crew, uh, he thought, you know, it's better to get out of here. He went to Achish, king of Gath. And when the servants of Achish saw him, they said, can this be David, the famous David? Is this the one that they sing of and, da- and they dance to? Dance about, s- sorry, sing of, sing of at their dances. Apologies, just misreading something. Saul, kings, Saul kills by the thousand, David by the ten thousand. When David realized that he had been recognized, this is where it gets interesting, friends, he panicked. Fearing the worst from Achish, king of Gath. So right there, while they were looking at him, he pretended to go crazy. 
He pretended to go crazy. King David pretended to go crazy, pounding his head on the city gate and foaming at the mouth, spit dripping from his beard. Do we have anyone with a beard here today? Wow, do I actually have, oh no, we're probably about on par. I was thinking, do I legit have like the, the most facial hair? This is scary. Uh, <laughs> I've got very little, fa- fa- I was going to get someone who had a bit of a beard to come out and demonstrate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Go crazy, pounding his head on the city gate, foaming at the mouth, spit dripping from his beard. Akish took one look at him and said to his servants, can't you see he's crazy? Why'd you let him in here? Don't you think I have enough crazy people to put up with as it is without adding another one? Get him out of here. (laughs) Can we all just laugh? Seriously, do you not find that funny? I find that hilarious. I'm like, what the heck am I reading? Like, and this is one, just a bit of a biblical um, um, apologetics This is one reason why we can actually trust that the Bible is legit because it puts it in there warts and all. Comparative to ancient mythological texts about Egyptian gods and Roman gods and other gods, you didn't want to make your heroes sound like nutjobs. Seriously, they would would wipe all that stuff out to try to make it, no, this, this person was perfect, nothing wrong, nothing ever wrong happened. That was the way they did it to try to almost um, legendize, legend, I don't know, make legendary of people that were, you know, weren't. They, they had flaws. But here in the Bible, we read stuff and we're like, this is the guy that wrote like lots of Psalms and we, we have lots of sermons about, he has a moment here where all of a sudden he's recognized and he goes, I'm just going to pretend to be crazy. And just starts foaming at the mouth, dribbling down his thing and just smacking his head against the wall. Going, like, just picture that. King David. It's ludicrous. But I want to encourage you, it's better to be crazy for Jesus than sane for the world. Seriously, it is better to be crazy for Jesus than sane for the world. I'm going to invite the band back up. That's my third point. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to 31 says, Instead, God chose the things of the world. Sorry, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. It's better to be crazy for Jesus than sane for the world. You know, in that moment, King David could have thought, okay, I'm just going to try to play it cool. And he probably would have been taken out. Well, this is what he was thinking was going to happen. 
his thought process was, if I seem like a normal person, they're going to grab me, they're going to execute me. So he decided to do a foolish thing, an incredibly crazy thing, and start foaming and spitting at the mouth and smacking his head. Teenagers, do we have any teenagers in the room? Now, next time your father asks you to do something, no, don't actually do <laughs> One great way to get out of it is to start foaming at the mouth, smacking your head against the wall, and you'll probably get taken down to the Royal Hobart Hospital, and uh, and we'll come and pray for you. So probably don't do that. But all jokes aside, I want to encourage you. The message of Christ is foolishness to those who don't know Him yet, but that should never stop us from speaking out the life changing power of Christ Jesus and the life transforming reality that we who are already in the family have received through placing our faith in Christ Jesus. It's better to be crazy for Jesus than sane for the world. I just want to ask everyone just to bow their heads and close their eyes for a moment. Every single week we always give people the opportunity to trust Jesus with their life. And in a lot of ways, the passage of Scripture that I shared and the message I've just shared, what? that's not like a compelling argument to say, Jesus Christ is Lord, trust Him. <laughs> I've just talked about one of the guys that we like preach about a heap and he seems like a complete nut job. But that's beside the point. If anything, like I said, it helps build a stronger case to the truth of the Word of God. Because in there, warts and all, Jesus Christ is Lord. He died and rose again. There are more documents saying that that is the case than documents that say a whole bunch of things about Roman government at the time. Like It's ludicrous. There's more proof that Jesus Christ was alive, that he rose from the grave, then there there is other historical events around that same time. The case is completely for Jesus. And that's why things like this actually almost, like I said, helps build a stronger case or a stronger testimony. Because it doesn't just try to glaze over the awkward parts. And I want to encourage you, You might have awkward parts in your life. You might have things that you're like, I don't want people knowing about that. I'm not telling you to talk to people about that, but what I am telling you is that Jesus loves you. Jesus is for you. And if you trust him with your life, if you place your faith in Christ Jesus, the Bible says the old is gone, the new has come, behold a new creation. Spiritually, when we are separated from God, we're dead in sin. But when we trust him and place our faith in him, He makes us alive in Him and we all of a sudden have access to a... It's like going from black and white TV to color TV. Things change. You just see things through a different lens that you haven't seen before through the finished work of Christ crucified and receiving that. So right now in this moment, like I said, we give this opportunity every single week because I could look out here and go, oh yeah, everyone must be all good with God. They decided to rock up on a long weekend at 5.30 to be at church. That's that's me looking at the outward appearance. God looks at your heart and you know your heart and where your spirit's at. So if you need to get your life right with Jesus today, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. 
But what I ask of you is this, is just to lift up your hand so that you own it. The Bible says, if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. So this is your opportunity, whilst everyone else is reflecting, between me and you and God, to acknowledge before man and acknowledge before God that you are receiving Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Does anyone need to do that here today? Just give me a, give me a wave if you need to do that here today. Right, that's cool, that's cool. No one gave me a wave today. That's all good, that's all good. But let me encourage you, if you're on that journey of faith, I said it this morning, I'll say it again. If you don't know God and you want to get to know God, just start reading this. It's called a Bible. And just start reading with a heart that wants to draw near to God. And just pray before you start reading, just go, God, if you're real, speak to me. And I assure you, He is faithful to draw near to those who draw near to Him. Hey, we're going to finish with a song of worship here tonight. Um, I hope that message was uh, entertaining and engaging and helpful for your week ahead. But we're going to, we're going to worship together right now. And let me encourage you, if, if, if you want someone to stand with you in prayer, maybe you're going through a circumstance at work or in your family that's a bit tough, why not just come out the front here? Or maybe you've got some sickness in your body, you know, been Moria here, they've been going to hospital most of the week, but in Jesus' name, he passed a stone that they thought he would need an operation for, and he's here at church tonight, and we had heaps of people praying for him, like seriously, praise report, so if you, our God is a God who heals, he's Jehovah Rapha, he is God our healer, so if you need healing in your body here tonight, let me encourage you, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, I've needed healing, so come out and pray for it. So, you know, if you need prayer, just come out. Come out and pray.